0: Again, Happy Easter. First of all, it's important to address some of the symbolism that we have. Uh, We have this Easter candle that was blessed and carved last night and put incense in, uh, representing the wounds of Christ. And it is here every single service now for 50 days until Pentecost, which is the end of the Easter season. And this is the symbol of the risen Lord. This is the symbol of the risen Lord, so that we keep this mystery in front of us this whole time. Um, Every Sunday, unless we forget or through some mishappenstance, we will also be blessing you with the waters of baptism, the waters in which 15 people were baptized last night. And I noticed that some of you were cleaning your glasses afterward. This is just an additional blessing from the waters, you know. Not only do we get refreshed and washed, also your glasses, so get ready for those. I saw you wiping them. <laughs> Ultimately, we come to this as a mystery, not as something provable. None of us saw the resurrection take place. Uh, even if we went back in a time machine, if there were such thing, and we were able to go back 2,000 years, um, Mary Magdalene didn't even see it. She was the first one to go to the tomb. And the apostles came following her, and they didn't see Jesus raised from the dead. They saw an empty tomb. And it's kind of interesting because in this story, even Mary of Magdala believes that somebody stole the body. Now, mystery is a term that we hear all the time, but I think um, basically we have about a 90% lack of understanding of it from a Christian point of view, from a religious and spiritual point of view. You see, we talk about like mystery novels or a mystery show, and the whole point of it is to solve the mystery. You're supposed to come up with enough of the clues that you can eventually solve the mystery. I have a friend who always reads the last page of a book before he begins. I said, what a jerk. That's the craziest thing. He says, I want to know if it's going to be worth reading it. So he gets the surprise ending, but, but what that gives him, and it's crazy to me, is a way to read the whole rest of the story. He constantly sees every clue that's building up toward that mystery to be solved. But this is not a solvable mystery. None of us witnessed it. Even the apostles, the, the, the closest friends and followers of Jesus, didn't witness it. But the question becomes, what did they know by the time the resurrection happened you see if they're like my friend that knew the end of the story oh he he was raised from the dead and then they go back and put this in the story when they come to the empty tomb they've got their answer already they they know what has happened but what if they didn't know that what if they didn't know that he was to rise from the dead now I know what the scriptures say today, and they would seem to indicate that they at least heard of this, and Jesus does foretell it several times in the scriptures, but is that the the gospel writer's way of preparing us? Because you see, these gospels weren't written for the apostles, they were written about the apostles for us, so that when we would read the story we would keep being opened up more and more and more to come to an understanding. So, it's a curious phrase here also that I want to reread to you. Um, And I don't know what to make of it on one level, but I have to say uh, maybe it's in the original language. Because often in the original language there's, there's other meanings, you know, double meanings or 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 hidden mystery that that gets revealed. But this is what it says. After Mary of Magdala went, she found the tomb empty, and the stone was rolled back. She runs and tells the apostles. They run to the tomb, and they find it just like she said. But she introduced this idea that maybe his body was stolen. We don't know where he is now. So they went in, it says. John got there first because he was younger. He could run faster than Peter, clearly. But out of respect for Peter, he didn't go in. He looked, but he didn't go in. So when Peter got there, Peter went in first and then John. And it says that they saw the burial cloths that had covered the body of Jesus on the floor or off to the side, and then the one that covered his face was off to the other side. So it says, then the other disciple, John, also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first. And it says this, and he saw and believed." Curious, he saw and he believed. It would not seem to indicate that he believed that the Bible was stolen, but something else. But then it says this, "...for they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead." He saw and believed, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. Now, that's an extraordinary thing, to see and believe, but not understand it. And to me, that would be the classic definition of mystery in the Scriptures. To believe something without fully understanding it. Having some understanding, believing in something about it, but not having proof or a full understanding. There are two readings, uh, second readings, and the optional one uh, talks about yeast. That we as the people of faith are like yeast. And yeast, when you put it in bread, it makes the dough rise. Why and how? Well, we could give some explanation. Uh, There's a chemical reaction that happens when yeast is put in with dough and you could measure the amount of chemical reaction, get down to the molecules, I suppose, and you could explain it, but all you've done really is describe it. How that works, why that works, who knows? I'll give you another one. I checked with Siri about a month ago, put it in the homily. Uh, I don't remember the details right now. I don't remember things like this, but I asked Siri, you could do it later. You can do it now if you want. I asked Siri... How many times does the heart beat in a day? And um, I don't remember the number. I don't think it was 60,000, but it's a lot. It even tells you how many times, more or less, that the heart beats in a minute or an hour, a day, a week, a year, a lifetime. Siri's very smart. So we could say, well, we know how that happens. You see, there's an electrical impulse that comes from the brain how and why there's an electrical impulse in the brain. I don't think we know, we just can observe it and measure it. And so that tells, it races down and tells the heart to beat, and as it beats, it pumps the blood. And unless we have bad cholesterol, which is clogging the arteries all, it it should work pretty well. If we have good cholesterol, all the better. That's how it works. We can observe it. But why? Why? And that's nothing. I look at insects that I don't particularly love, but they're all over the place. And I look at their breathing, and why a fish breathes underwater and can't breathe out of water, but we breathe out of water but can't breathe in water. It's all mystery. We're surrounded with mystery. But the difference is for us as Catholics, as Christians, we celebrate mystery. We're not afraid of it. We don't run from it. We don't say because we can't really claim to know fully that we can't believe. And what is it we believe? We believe in Jesus the Christ. We believe that he came to destroy the power of sin and death. And the how, how he did that for me is very simple. Um, I've never liked, or at least for a long time, especially my priesthood, this line that Jesus Christ saved us from our sins. Because it sounds like a black or green board that, or white board now, that we wiped clean the sins. They were wiped away. But I think it's something a little more mysterious. And I think the key to this mystery is the cross itself. You see, When Jesus went up on that cross, you've heard me say this thousands of times, so get ready for a thousand more at least, Jesus was accused uh, falsely and arrested and stripped and beaten and spit on and and mocked, and they said, you're a king, so they made a crown but of thorns shoved in his head. He was forced to carry the cross. He was nailed to the cross, lifted up on the cross to die. He's suffering incredibly, rejected totally, and everything that he had said and preached was mocked, and he's dying. For three hours being drained of his blood on that cross. And of course, he should have condemned everybody to hell in that minute. He should have cussed them out. He should have told them what he thought. But he didn't. And only Luke, but Luke had the need to say, and I think prize open the mystery powerfully and beautifully to us, that as he hung on that cross dying, with them jeering jeering and, and, and ridiculing him, he said, Father, forgive them all. They know not what they do. Now that, to me, is the salvation of the cross. To prove the power of love over hate, to say that, that just because you're hated and even being killed doesn't mean you have to feel and act the same way as those who are doing that to you. That's pure mystery for me. Pure mystery. And if Jesus was able through that act of love to break the power of sin and hate, there's a life that comes out of that cross that's incredible, unbelievable. Very, very mysterious. And that's what we're invited to share in. Now as to how all of the physical and, you know, that, that becomes greater mystery. You know, we've always said we believe in the resurrection of the dead, the bodily resurrection. But what about cremation these days? I want to be cremated. I do not want to lie in a casket and have people come up to my dead body and say, oh, he looks so good. Say, I don't look good. I'm dead. Please, I don't look good. But we say these things. We say these things. But what about being cremated, turned to ashes, and not over hundreds or thousands of years in the grave, but even before we're buried. What about it? And yet we believe in this mystery. And I'll tell you why I believe in it. I just look at the marvels of this world. My famous and probably the the only one I can really state clearly is the distance from the sun to the earth and how fast uh, light and heat travels and, uh, you know, 93 million miles. takes eight minutes to get here, traveling 186,000 miles per second. Whoa! I don't know what that does to you, but that makes me believe in the God. There's something, someone, some power, something that is so big and awesome that it could do that. So I often think when the light goes up there at Mount Wilson, now, remember, this light, that light turns on with a switch or a timer, and we see it instantaneously. But it's not instantaneously. It's 1 400 million thousandths of a second or something because it traveled 186,000 miles per second. So before a second is up, we see that light. Well, we can measure it. We could time it, we could describe it, but how and why? How and why? For me, it's pure mystery. Mystery to be described, mystery to tell the story. They came to an empty tomb and they saw and believed. And today as we come to this great Feast of Easter, it's the center of our life, the center of our faith. If you listen to the Mass, I'll mention at the end, the number of times in the Mass that we use the word mystery or mysteries. Of course, one of my favorite, it used to be right after the council that we would sing, as the priest would say, the mystery of faith. There it is, the mystery. And then what was that mystery? We said, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. That was my favorite acclamation, and then they removed it. Why? I don't know. They did not consult me, and if they had, I said, leave it alone. That's the best one. It's short, it's right to the point, and it grabs the mystery. He died, he is risen, and he will come again, past, present, and future. The question then becomes, what do you and I believe about this day? And is there mystery, a mystery that is being shared with us, not to be solved, but to be loved? And it is that Christ only wants for us life, and life to the full. If anybody asked me why I believe it, I'd have to say, I don't know. I just do. That description of the scripture is enough for me. Those right on that day, those who thought maybe his body was stolen, came to a different conclusion. And somehow, something that maybe they had heard about resurrection was being revealed before their eyes. And they came to know that the Lord is truly risen.